sermon title is called Devil on the Loose, and uh, it kind of is a kickoff from Halloween since, um, since the world celebrates him that day. We've kicked him out of the kingdom, so... But at the same time, I want to use this as a time tonight to talk about dealing with the devil. Um, go to Revelation chapter 12, and um, let, me, let me just start off by saying this. In, in Kenneth Hagin's book, The Triumphant Church, he starts off on the first page by making a statement that there's three types of churches in America, maybe the world. Um, one of the, the first one is what I'm going to call a defeat, the defeated church. There are Christians who all they acknowledge in salvation is come to Jesus and go to heaven. Um, they... If you, and I'm not saying this to down anybody, but if you go to their church, you'll never hear a sermon on the devil because everything that happens good, bad is God. Um, that's completely wrong. And Brother Hagin calls them the defeated church because they just live in defeat. They live from tragedy to tragedy to tragedy. They're the people who are always going, why God, why? And uh, they're, they're, they're either ignorant on purpose or, you know, by default. But there are people who are like that, born-again Christians, and um, they're here on the earth. They're just defeated people. Uh, they get sick, they go to the doctor, the doctor can't help them, they die. That's it. They, if they have a mental problem, they go to a psychiatrist. They have a, they're just, they just live totally by the world. And to them, everything in the Bible but the new birth has been done away. Everything. God just ended it all. And all you have now is go to heaven when you die. That's, that's completely hokey. It's, it's, but but it, it's good for people who don't want any personal responsibility. The second group of people on the earth is called the militant church. Now, they're fighting the devil with tooth and toenail. They're fighting all of their battles from defeat, but they believe in victory. They never arrive, but they believe in it. And they don't know that the devil is a defeated foe. They have no concept of the authority of the believer. Brother Hagen, and I was listening to his podcast last night. I watched the authority of the believer as he preached the first lesson. Knowing when I was going to preach tonight, I just wanted to go back and go over it. I love studying the authority of the believer. But he said that, he, that Jesus appeared to him nine times from 1950 on, three of them, he sat with him for an hour and a half and talked to him. One of the things that he taught him about was the authority of the believer. There was a book out at the time by John A. McMillan, a Christian Missionary Alliance preacher who went to China that dealt with demons and demonology a lot. And the Spirit of God taught him a lot about his authority as a believer. And so, uh, I would say that is the one subject that's created the biggest division in the body of Christ. When you hear people saying, who do you think you are telling God what to do? We don't believe in telling God what to do, but we do believe in telling the devil what to do. 
And so, so, the, the, so the last church is called the victorious church. Those are Christians who believe that when Jesus sat down, we sat down with him, that, that when God gave him authority, he gave the, that authority to the church. Now, that's where the uh, running around telling the devil what to do, not knowing the difference between God and the devil, has created a lot of confusion in people's minds. So tonight, I want to talk a lot. I want to talk about the devil because I want, the Bible talks about the devil. There is a devil. There, he's in the earth. And he's creating right now an enormous amount of problems. If you haven't figured that out, well, you haven't watched the news lately. Go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. And I'm going to read this whole thing because it's the foundation of what I want to do tonight. It says, now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign was appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before uh, the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule nations with a rod of iron, and the child was caught up to God and his throne. That is not going to happen. That already has. That is the story of Israel giving birth to Messiah, Jesus being born, Herod trying everything in his power to kill Jesus when he was in his infancy, and then Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and went and sat down at the right hand of God. Now, you say, well, the book of Revelation is about the end time. No. It says in the book of Revelation, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. When you're reading it, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ, not a revelation of the last days. It includes a lot of the last days, but it has other items in it. Now, we know this. We know that, that, that this is the male child, because who else was caught up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God? And we know that Satan drew a third of the angels from heaven with him and pulled them out of heaven. Now, as I'm reading on, I'm going to explain what I'm saying. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that he would feed her there 1,260 days. I'm not going to get into all that. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon with the angels fought, and they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, and cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now let me stop right here and explain something to you. When Jesus was born in a manger, walked the earth, he took on humanity, walked the earth as a man. He did not walk the earth as God incarnate. Now that has got the body of Christ in quite a deal because they will tell you that everything Jesus did was to prove he is God in the flesh. Well, he was God in the flesh from the time he was born, but no miracles happened until he was baptized by the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan. Now, in order for, for Jesus to defeat Satan, he had to do it as a man. He could not do it as God. That would have been illegal. 
So the name Jesus is the name of a man. And there is a man at the right hand of God right now, eternally in a body. So the name Jesus is, is powerful because it's the name of the humanity of God. Now that, uh, it would take me a month to prove that to you. Just hide and watch, do some study. So you understand that the Bible calls Satan the God of the world. Satan had a legal right from Adam to be here, and he had authority. Remember, in the, remember when Jesus was being tempted, and it says he was tempted of the devil. That means that what Satan was saying had to have been true because it was a temptation. And he said, all this authority was given to me by Adam. He didn't say it there, but I'm telling you. And I will give it to whoever I want to. Do you really think he was going to? No, he's a liar. So Jesus wanted that authority, and Satan had it. Jesus came to get the authority back that Adam had lost. Now, again, we have Christians who believe that Jesus is the, he is the one with the authority. And I'm going to jump ahead of myself right now. But he has delegated that authority to the body. Now, let, let, let me explain this to you the best way I can. My face is not Daryl and my hand, Joe. You don't say, hi, Joe. Oh, hi. Hi, Sam. Hi. Hi, Daryl. Hi. My head is Daryl. My belly is Daryl. My toes are Daryl. I'm Daryl. When, when the Bible talks about that he's given his body not just the head. So, so a lot of Christians, they, they differentiate between Jesus seated at the right hand of God, but then the poor churches down here struggling to go through all of the junk that's in the earth and doing the best we can to make it woe is us until Jesus returns. Okay, that's really not true. Okay, so when I read this, I want you to, I want you to grab what it's saying. Are you ready? War broke out in heaven. That was when Jesus rose from the dead. Satan was then stripped of all authority. Now, why is that? Because the only authority he had was the law, and the law was nailed to the cross. So there's no more law. Therefore, he lost all authority. He didn't go down to the hell and beat the devil up, pull the, you know, people talking about the God in the fight, boxed him in, he did a little kung fu. That's not true. He just stripped him of authority because he, because he took it. He took it back. Okay. All right. But they did not prevail, and there was a place found them in heaven any longer. Now, let me, let me back up here and explain something to you. When you're reading the book of Job, and you, you read there that Satan went before the throne of God, he had every right to go before the throne of God. Are you listening to me? He wasn't kicked out of heaven until Jesus rose from the dead. And when he lost all authority, God hasn't talked to the devil since and won't until the angel goes and chunks him in the pit and probably still won't say anything to it. So you understand what I'm about to read to you right now. The devil is more interested in not going to hell than the vast majority of people. He's not in hell. He's never been to hell. But he certainly doesn't want to go. And as he sees the end coming, 
He is creating quite a fuss. Have y'all noticed the war in Israel lately? The one in Hezbollah. What about Yemen? What about China? What about Ukraine? Listen, what we're going to read right here is there is a devil on the loose, and you need to know what he's up to and what you can do about it. Don't go through life ignorant. Don't be the defeated church, and don't be the militant church trying to whoop a defeated devil. All right, this is going to be a very good night, but you have to pay attention. Pay something, you know. And the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil Satan, who deceives the whole world and cast to the earth, his angels cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, now, 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 when, when, did, sal- when did salvation become now? At the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. All right, let's talk about the kingdom. Oh, we got to cover all this thing. Most people, when they read the book of Revelation or the Bible, the kingdom of God is the millennial reign. It's not. That's the kingdom of heaven. Jesus will return and set up the kingdom of heaven in the earth, and there won't be any more Hamas, and there won't be any more Hezbollah, and there won't be any more uh, wicked, crooked politicians. They'll all be thrown into the hell, and then the lion will lay down with the lamb, And we're looking forward to it, and that'll be a glorious day. Amen. But the kingdom of God, the book of Romans says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, you're in the kingdom of God now. You are not in the kingdom of heaven now, but we are walking in the kingdom pre-heaven. We are, okay, boy, that's good. Now, you understand, there is a group of people on the earth who have heaven rights now. Yeah, we, we did take it. You, you got to take it. Okay, are y'all listening? Muy importante. All right, now salvation and strength, the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come. The accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night, has been cast down. Remember Jesus said in Luke 10, I saw Satan cast out. Uh, he was talking pre, he was, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen anyway. And verse 11, now he's going to bring you into the picture. He's about to bring you into the picture. Get excited. And they, say us, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. It says that there is a group of people on the earth that are overcomers. Now, you have to understand how, because he tells you how you do it. You don't do it because you're a goody-goody. You don't do it because you go to church. You don't do it because you're tithe. You don't do it because you believe Jesus died on the cross. You, blew, you do it because the blood of Jesus has made you the very righteousness of God and the accuser of the brethren, the way that he gets through to you is by making accusations to your soul. And the only way you can deal with him is to say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Well, are you guilty? plead the blood. Are you innocent? I plead the blood. And you must understand, you have only one thing to say to the devil, the blood. 
Because under the Old Testament, when the blood was applied to the doorpost, the angel did not say, who's in the building? He just said, if you're in the building and the blood is on the doorpost, the death angel can't touch you. So anytime the devil's wanting to come along and harass you, you must learn the power of the blood of Jesus is what makes you stand righteous before God. And he has nothing that he can accuse you of or say about you at all if you have been washed in the blood of Jesus. All right, boy, that's good preaching. I don't care what y'all say. They overcame. It didn't say they overcame him for a little bit. They didn't say they win some, lose some. In other words, it is possible, and I'm going to use this term, get, get, listen to me. It's possible to win every battle. But don't rely on your intellect. Don't rely on someone else. Learn to rely 100% on the blood of Jesus. Are y'all out there? You go home. All right, boy, that's good. And, and by the word of their testimony, that means that the only way to apply the blood to the doorpost is not with hyssop, but with your tongue. In other words, any fight you get in with Satan and you are silent, you will win by default. You'll lose by default. Thank you, Lisa. Are y'all listening to me? Now, now we're going to get into dealing with the devil. Yes, he is a defeated foe. I'm going to get ahead of myself right here. We are not, we are an occupation army. You know what that means? Satan's defeated, but he's in the earth. There are people who, now I, I always use Tanya, and she's not here tonight to harass her, but policemen do not create laws. They only enforce them and thank God for them. If you fear the police, it's because you're a crook. People go, we don't like the police. Well, you might want to straighten up. Only people I've ever, one guy said, you know, I've never had any trouble out of the police. When they pull me over, say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and I just do what they say, and I never had any problem out of it. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Don't reach under the seat and all that kind of stupidity. Are you liable to get shot? Okay. They tell you to stay in the seat, stay in the seat. They tell you to get out of the car, get out of the car. Just do what you're told, and you won't have any problem. You should have learned that in third grade. Or second grade or first grade. You should have learned it from your mom. Some, you should have learned that. Okay. But anyway, policemen are not bad people. But, but thank God they're out there because there are people who do not want to share revenue coupon. And they know that police have authority. Now listen to what I'm going to say. Police don't need power. They might need power. That would be a Glock or a 45 or a 12 gauge. Or, okay, understand that. But, but all they really need is the badge. That the badge, see, when Tanya pulls you over, you don't say, hey, Tanya, because she's not Tanya. She is the government. The government is having word with you. When you are using the name of Jesus, every demon in hell knows that he's talking to Jesus. 
When I come to you in the name of Jesus, this ain't Daryl Satan. I'm talking to you in Jesus' name. And all of heaven is backing up what I'm saying to you. You understand that? So we start talking about all authority is given. Policemen don't hold cars back with their arm. They just hold their hand up. And, and out of de- just pure respect, stop. And that's what happens when a Christian understands the blood and the name. All right. Now, now, all authority does not mean all power. But, but listen, every Christian has authority. You might say, well, I'm not a fivefold. Don't need to be. See, again, again, we go back to the denominational teaching that Paul did miracles because he was an apostle. Nothing anywhere in your Bible to back that up. Not a thing. Well, all the miracles ended when Paul died. No, they did not. Because the new birth is a miracle. You got born again, there's a miracle. Are you out there or did you go home? So all, see, now let, let, me, let me just blow your head a little bit. Let me just blow your mind a little bit. Jesus healed because of compassion. If miracles ended, love ended. If love hasn't ended, the day of miracles did not. So when you hear all that stuff, you're either dealing with a person who's ignorant, they could be ignorant, or they're just flat dishonest. All right, now let's go back to the fact that there is a devil in the earth. Now, the thing that I want to bring to your attention is we have to quit pretending like he isn't there. Putting your head in the dirt does not make him go away. All right, I'm going to finish reading here. I've got to finish. And I heard a little bit of them. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. The devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. Now, has anybody noticed a war in Israel lately? Why do all the Arabs who own all the land around there, all the dirt, all the sand, all the rocks, want a sliver of ground the size, what is it, New Jersey is the size of New Jersey? Because Jerusalem's there. And whoever has Jerusalem, their God is God. Satan tried everything in his power. Now, you, you, need, you, you need to understand the devil knows what's going on in the earth. He used Herod to try to kill Jesus. Do you understand? Then he, he used all these wicked rulers to try to kill the church and destroy Israel. He's been trying to stop the Messiah ever since the Garden of Eden. Thought David was the Messiah. Thought, thought Abel was the Messiah. He never knew who it was. He just, anytime anybody even looked like the Messiah, he had him killed. So you need to understand, he's very much around. So his MO right now is that he's trying, he's got a war going on in Israel in order to stop Jesus from returning. Well, it, it didn't, he didn't do very good the first time. And he hasn't learned very, he just real, 
He's slow. But he also has no choice. It's either win or hell. And so he's fighting like the third monkey on the ark. I want you to get a mental image of the third monkey going, I'm getting on that ark. Okay, okay. And I would too. I, if I was the third monkey, I'd be finding a way in there. man. I'd be hiding under the elephant. I'd be doing something. Like okay. So whenever we're going to get into the fact that nations are run by humans, but there is always a spirit behind nations. There's a spirit behind them. Well, we're, are y'all excited? I mean, I just, yeah, we got to get it. So there's a spirit of Hamas. You're dealing, we're going to get in the scripture. You're not dealing with flesh and blood. You're not dealing with, say, what do we do about what's going on in Israel? Well, you've got authority over all the work of the enemy. You can deal with the spirit behind the people. Okay, so you got Hamas, and then you got Hezbollah, and then you got, who's the dudes down in Yemen? What's their names? I don't Houthi, the Houthis. How would you like to be a Houthi? Okay, the Houthi and a Houthi. All right, then you've got a spirit behind Putin. In, in other words, this scripture is real. I watched the thing today talking, oh, you ought to see the number of people that are coming to the southern border of America, and, and we had better be praying because they've already said we're coming here too. So I'm, I'm not saying that. Remember the scripture you overcome? You remember that scripture? Okay. We're going to talk about overcoming. But you're not going to sit around ignorant. And you're not going to sit around stupid and just let the devil beat you up. Okay? All right. Now, there's a lot of stuff that happens to people. And they, are ne- they rarely ever stop and go, Dad, gummit, that's the devil. That, we're we're going to talk about this. I'm gonna, let me just jump way ahead. How many of y'all have trouble when it comes time to read your Bible? You might be dealing with a spirit. Have you ever gone to witness to someone and you're talking to them about the Lord? The dog barks, the doorbell rings, the neighbors come over to borrow a cup of flour, and all hell breaks loose around you while you're just trying to get someone saved. What do you do about it? Number one, go two by two. And then number two, take authority over the devil before you walk in the house and say to him, you will not hinder this meeting in Jesus' name. Do you understand? Because we're not enforcing the word, He's running wild. I've had things happen to me, and I'm thinking, no way in the world that all this hell, I created it because I'm reaping what I sowed. You ever had just one of those weeks you're like, what? Okay. That's what we're dealing with tonight. 
You ever had your, your kids, your grandkids, you're talking to them about the Lord, and they're like, I don't want to hear it. You're dealing with a spirit. You, you say, I can't talk to them. Drive the devil off of them so you can. They do have a will. But while they can't hear anything, while they're bound up by the devil, you've got authority over all of the work of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. But you understand, if you're not walking in authority, you might as well not have it. I, I mean, let's go back to a policeman. If they just sit there, you know, the other day I was driving down Vic Road, and I was doing about 50, I think it's 45 there, it might be 35. And I saw a Popka police car. Of course, I immediately went down below the speed limit. And I, and I crept by real slow. And I was happy that the car was empty. And I'm like, okay, that's deception. But anyway, I'm glad it was. But, you know, you, you, but you do need to mind your manners. And, um, but understand something that if they're just sitting on the side of the road drinking coffee and not paying attention, it wouldn't matter whether they have authority or not. And, and too many Christians are not using the authority God gave them. But say after tonight, I'm going to use that authority. I'm going to use that name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My kids are living for Jesus because I said so. In Jesus' name. All right, now we're going to get real here. We're going to get down. Get down and dirty. All right, go to Ezekiel uh, 28, chapter 28. Let's talk about a dual kingdom for a minute. Um, we got devils in America. Oh, are you talking politics again? Well, uh, sort of. They, they wouldn't be in there if the idiots didn't listen to the devil. But that's the preacher's fault. Well, that's, that'll preach. When we quit preaching live right, politicians ain't got no sense. We've allowed, we've allowed America to get in the mess it's in, but if you're like me, you're, gonna, you're doing something about it anyway. Ezekiel, I'm still trying to find Ezekiel. I'm still, I know it's here after Jeremiah. There it is. All right, Ezekiel 28. 28 verse 1. Now pay attention here. Pay, 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 pay attention. The word of the Lord came to me and said, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a what? A man. He is referring to a physical king or prince over the land. God is talking to a human. Now, let me tell you something, Jack. You ain't God. You might think you are, but you're not. All right, now let's look at Ezekiel 28, 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation of the king of Tyre, and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every, I don't think he's talking to a human. 
because they know Prince entire was in the garden. That's to be an old dude. He's talking about Lucifer himself. You're in Sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, onyx, and jasper. The workmanship of your, t- your timbers and your pipes was prepared in you on the day you were, say, created. Created. This is a created being. Now, understand something. There is a dual kingdom here. There's a dual kingdom in Iran. There's a dual kingdom in Israel. There's a dual kingdom in the United States of America. There's a dual kingdom in Apopka, Florida. Let's pray there's not a dual kingdom in your house. There is if you're married to a heathen. There might be a dual kingdom. Are y'all listening to me? So often, what we're watching in the world today, and I say this, there is a spiritual war going on. What's happening in Israel is a spiritual war. When you have people who are aligned against Israel and the murders, listen, when you go in and you chop off babies' heads, throw their body in an oven and bake them, that's not normal. And when you side with it, you're sick. It's one thing to go to war and fight soldiers. It's another thing to rip the baby out of a pregnant woman and throw the baby in an oven and bake it. That, that is not a normal human. You are looking and talking about a demon-possessed religious spirit. And you need to know this. The problem in America today is that we have churches and Christians who can't tell when someone is demon-possessed. <laughs> My name is Julie. No, you're a demon. Boy, howdy. Are you making fun? No, I'm trying to help you. You know, Jesus cast devils out of people. Have y'all ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Someone asked Norval Hayes, said, do you still believe there's a devil under every bush? He said, no, I haven't believed that in years. He said, I believe there's two devils under every bush. So if, now let me throw something at you. If Jesus cast devils out of people every time he went to church, how many devils do you think we have in here? More than you'd like to know. I don't like him. I'm leaving. I just don't know. We'll see you later, Lucifer. You, who gives your mind to the devil? You do. If you're in darkness, you're walking with Lucifer. You're walking with the devil. But we don't like, but we absolutely can't handle that kind of preaching anymore. Everybody just loves the Lord. No, they don't. I've had people that came in here, the witches, and I and I escorted them to the front door. Had a man came to me one time, and he was a Satanist priest, and he said, he said something to me, and I said, Let me just tell you something. Your father's under my feet. And you are not doing anything in this church in Jesus' name. And he looked at me and said, 
I know. I tried. I said, not here you won't. Because we don't allow devils or Satanist priests to operate in this church. Are we clear? He said, yes, sir. Now, see, you thought I was mean. That's the devil talking to you. I don't like him. Never mind. Glory to God, Jesus is Lord. Go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. That's what happens when you never study. I mean, we're going to get into this, I hope, for tonight. We're talking about put on the whole armor of God. I have a question. What for? Let me ask you. You're a born-again Christian, and the head of the church told you to suit up because your adversary, the devil, is walking around. When are you going to quit ignoring the command to get a suit of armor on? And when are you going to understand that without that suit of armor, you will live defeated in this earth? Well, you know, I just believe God. Well, if God told you to put a suit on, you don't believe God at all. You don't tell God what to do. You ask God what to do. One of y'all is not God. Someone told me one time, says, Pastor, why do you carry a gun if you're a preacher? Because he said to. Angels carry swords. What for? Never mind. I'm going to stop right there. Same reason that David had a Glock 19. That, that was what it was back in the day. It was a slingshot, but it was still the Glock 19 of the day. And he traded it for a sword, and he'd trade it for a rifle if he could have. Boy, I'm going to tell you right now, this guy's a little off the chart. I am. I'm very off. Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to educate, I'm going to educate you tonight. Daniel 10, verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees, and on the palms of my hands, and he said, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright. I have been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. He said, Do not fear, Daniel. The first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Now we're going to read here that Daniel has been praying for a while. 21 days. But it isn't God that's stopping the prayer from coming. Shandai. Some of y'all are going, well, I prayed about that. Stay in there until the answer comes. I mean, let's go. The prince of the kingdom of Persia, that's Iran, withstood me 21 days. In other words, you, you set your heart and you prayed to God and he sent me with the answer, but I have been delayed by a principality in high places for 21 days getting an answer to you. Is there 
a war going on in the heavenlies. Yeah, there is. Who determines what happens down here? You do. But sometimes one hour ain't enough praying. Sometimes two hours, sometimes two days, you're going, well, I've been praying and praying and praying. Let me help you with something. Hang in there. You don't, listen, don't quit just because it took a little time. You don't understand what's going on around you, and God wants your answer coming through. Do you understand? He heard you when you prayed it. I'm going to come back over here. Don't be lazy. I've had times when, when, when I was praying about what to do with my life after I married Lisa. Honey, how long was I in that bedroom every night? About a year. You don't, you don't get everything answered. Brother, lay your hands on me. I need an answer from God. <laughs> you might need to find some carpet somewhere in a bedroom and get on your face. We're not talking about what's been given to you in your redemption. We're talking about your, God has something for you to do. You have what I call a divine dissatisfaction. You might want to spend some time praying about it. When I was in Tulsa and I didn't know where to go, I spent probably two or three months in an apartment complex walking an hour every day during lunch praying in the Holy Ghost about where to go and what to do. Every answer doesn't come in an hour, honey. It just doesn't come that way. Old line Pentecostals called it praying through. Now, you understand, you don't need to pray through salvation. You don't need to pray through being filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't need to pray through for your healing. But now, now there might be a time when you do. There might be more going on in you than you're going to get in a one-minute, 10-minute prayer. Okay, but, but let me tell you something. When it comes to your life, your, your kids, there's going to be a lot more praying going on than this little tit-for-tat, help, help them, Jesus, glory to God. You're dealing with spirits that have attempted to bind your family, bind your business, bind your money up, bind your mind up. And sometimes this little, little prairie, little pookie-wookie send off a request to Oral Roberts University is not going to cut it. Pookie-wookie is a, that's, that's what I use those words when I quit cussing. You just pookie-wookie and all kind of stuff. Okay. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. 21 days, behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I had been left alone there with the king of Persia, and I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the last days. Oh, my God, we could get into that one, because he goes into what's happening now. Okay, go, now look at one more before we, Daniel 9, 20, so that you'll understand that sometimes prayers do get answered quick. I just want you to see this, 9, 20. 
while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication for God and Holy Mountain, as I was speaking, the man Gabriel, in other words, he started praying and like 10 minutes later, bam, got an answer. You say, can you get them quick? Yeah. I've had them quick. I had them not quick. Well, which one do you do? Well, you just pray until it comes through. We made a mistake taking altars out of churches. Lay hands on me, Pastor. I need a quickie. This ain't McDonald's. I'll take a healing and a milkshake and, a, and one of them cones. And I would like an answer to all my problems. And honey, you need to learn to pray. You can pay me. How much are the mechanics getting an hour now, Kenny? 100 an hour? I'll, I'll do your praying for you for 100 an hour. You just call me on the phone, and I hope it's 21 days by God. I just do. I can't wait to send you the bill. You're thinking, I'll do my own praying. Eh, that's good. <laughs> All right, Ephesians, Ephesians 6.10. Go to Ephesians 6. Okay, we're going to edumacation tonight. We're going to get an edumacation. I think this is probably one of the most powerful truths you'll ever learn in your entire life. If you're a born-again Christian, you, you better know this. You better know this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. He did not say be strong in yourself. He said you be strong in the Lord. Jesus whooped the devil. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Put on. Say put on. Be strong in the Lord and power of might. Go to the next one. I'm going to look at it on the screen. I want it on the screen. If you don't put it on, you won't have it. God, now listen to me. Listen. Don't ever say, God, get this devil off me. Because he can't. He will never do anything else about the devil. There's nothing anywhere in the, in the Gospels or in the, in, in the New Testament that said God will deal with the devil for you. If you don't deal with him, he ain't getting dealt with. He's rogue. Put on. If you ain't putting the armor on, you ain't, it ain't on. It Now, that means there's a lot of stuff in this armor, and it would behoove you to study it and find out what it is and how to suit up, because there is no defeat for a man suited up. It's the same armor Jesus used when he walked the earth. Now, Paul would not have told you to be strong in the Lord if you didn't need to. He wouldn't have told you to put on the whole armor if, if you didn't need it, and you need it. Okay. Put on the whole armor of God that you, not God, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for you're not wrestling flesh and blood. Now, that would be a good marriage seminar. Did you know your spouse deals with the devil? Doesn't make your spouse bad. It just means they have days that they're dealing with the devil. 
Did you know you have days you're dealing with the devil? If you want to help your family out, get on your knees and pray over your family. Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on in America today that is happening because there are spirits trying to take over this nation. Now listen to me, and I'm going to say something right now. I've had to pray over this church because I've had people come in full of the devil. The Lord sent me here to run this church. No, he didn't, Jose. If he did, he shouldn't have told me to do it. One of us is illegal. I've had all kind of stuff go on in this church, and I never told you none of it. When we have guys coming in looking for women, I deal with that in the spirit. I've prayed some of them out of town and out of the state. I've had a few of them I prayed for, and they didn't live long. (gasps) Come in here and bring in your adultery devil with you. You ever wonder why God uses some preachers with strong personality? Not because of you, but because of the the thing you brought in sitting in the seat next to you. I ain't talking about your wife right now either. Well, let's go down this path. I told you this story before, but the ones of you that heard it need to hear it again. Back when we were in the shopping center, every Sunday morning, I'd get up to preach and I would get angry. And you have no idea. I would go home and I would get on my face and I would repent before God. God, I was so mean today. And I don't want to be mean. And I don't know why I'm just so mean. I will never do it again next Sunday. I'm mean again. I'm mean again. Lisa remembers this. Barbara might remember it. I know Betty remembered. I know people that were here remember it. One day we're at Rodney Howard Brown's meeting down here in Lakeland. Spirit of God is falling and I'm worshiping God. And all of a sudden I got angry. And I'm not even in my church. I mean, I'm just angry. And I went, God, I don't understand. What's wrong with me? He said, son, there are three demons in your church. People brought them in. They're religious spirits. And every time you get in the spirit, you can hear them taunting you. And I could. I would say something and I'd hear, that's not true. And I'd say, yes, it is. There is a whole, there is a righteous anger. Jesus got angry. Okay, you need to understand this. There's not all your anger is just your flesh. There's, I still to this day, when I get around people who are full of the devil, the hair stands up on the back of my neck and I will get, Ugh. and there's a difference in being just ugly and uh, I walked, I told Lisa one day, I said, 
aisle that walk by that person. And I'm going to tell you right now, they have a devil in them. Now, don't look here right now. There's nobody in the building right now. If you're here, you're safe. And it's not all the time. Strife and division, I can smell it. So anyway, I said, Lord, what do I do about it? And he showed me this church. And there was three people. I could tell you their names. And sitting next to them were three spirits. And they looked exactly like Elmer Fudd. I went, Disney is not so far off on their demons. You know the Porky the Pig one? That'll make you fat. I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. Okay. But I said, Lord, what do I do about it? He said, there's no distance in the spirit. He said, command them to leave your church in Jesus' name. And I did. The next Sunday, they walked in. Those three people were mad as hornets. And they left. Someone asked me, where'd they go? I went, don't worry about it. Not any of your concerns. I said, he said, those are religious spirits. Those people were trouble. Never got angry again until about a year or two after that. But I never forgot it. And I had to learn, pray before you preach. Don't come in here and have a room full of devils and deal with it. Just deal with it. I deal with it before I come through that door. You will not raise your head tonight in the church in Jesus' name. Amen. And so y'all don't see a whole lot of that any longer. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Let me tell you something. The Bible says they will cast out devils. He's not just talking about you laying hands on people and them vomiting up devils in your church. He's talking about you taking authority over all of the work of the enemy, even the spirits that are trying to interrupt your home, your house, your family, and your business. Are y'all out there? You go home. See, he didn't tell you to put on a suit for no reason. If you don't have it on, Satan knows you don't have it on. Put on the whole armor of God that you'll say, what's the script? Your adversary, the devil, whom the, whom, who runs around like a roaring lion, seeking. Uh, honey, he can't devour. He sees that suit, he goes, leave him alone. They will rip your head off and spit in a hole. That's one of them tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling people who go to Master Mortgage Church. Leave them alone. He don't like being whipped. He don't like being bullied anybody, more than anybody else wants to be whipped and bullied. But man, if he finds out he can whip you, he will jump on your head. But after you whip him a few times, they write your name down. You leave that Rosa lady alone. That lady will whip you up one side and down the next. We're not wrestling flesh and blood, but against spiritual, against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, here's what this says. There is rank. There are, there are principalities that rule over, over cities. They rule over nations. Then there are demons who just run around just trying to get you to read Playboy magazines. Just trying to get you mad at everybody. 
and they all have different ranks, and you still have to deal with them, even though you're here. You still have to deal with this. You're not going to win a silent battle. Jesus didn't win a silent. He didn't go out there and say, you know. No, you're going to quote the Word of God or the devil's going to think you ignorant. He will push you if he can. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand. Are you in an evil day? Are you even close to an evil day? Okay, then this message is for you. There is activity around you. There are demon spirits in the air and angels around you now. You live in a threat environment. You are here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where do you think you are living? In a demon-infested earth. But... You don't have to fear if you're obeying God. We're going to get into this in a second. I'm going to show you something that I pray you go, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Now, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, if you don't know truth, then the devil will take advantage of you. Do you understand? It's up to you to learn truth. Church, dear heart, is not a social club for you to meet your friends on Sunday. It's for the pastor to preach truth so you're not ignorant as a rock. You know the truth. Truth will set you free. If you don't know truth, then you're going to stay messed up. Because he'll take advantage of you when he finds out you don't know. See, you may, you may not even have known that there's a devil for you to deal with. And you walked in here tonight and went, uh, I, I never even knew. there. I, I thought everything that happened was God doing it. Well, that's what happens when you go to a dumb church. And the church is, the devil's on the board. And he won't let the preacher preach on the devil. There's one subject Satan hates, the authority of the believer. He don't want anybody to tell you that you can boss him around. And he don't like me at all. And because of that, he's had times he has tried to take me out. I'm going to tell you all another story. Are you ready? When, I, when Lisa and I were building the cabin, and, and I've repented of that, and the cabin flooded, and the, and the floors warped, and the walls leaked, and Joshua's car blew up, and Justin's car blew up, and Lisa got sick, and I got sick. I was in a battle. Some of that's not normal. And I, even though I read the book, The Authority of the Believer, I really wasn't taking it all that seriously. Don't look him in that tone of voice. So I went to a Kenneth Copeland meeting, and the only place they had for me was a second row, dead center. And Kenneth is preaching, and he's talking to the whole crowd. He's not talking to me. But while he was talking to the whole crowd, he reached over, got his feet, 
put it right in the thing and looked me right in the eye and said, you underestimated your enemy. And I went, yeah, I did. And then he looked at the rest of the crowd and I went, that was a word from the Lord. In other words, I got hell after me. I'm preaching the word of God and the devil's going, kill him. And he did everything in his family. Mary Fran, I was down at Doug Banks' church and I'm over there sitting minding my own business and she screams, Daryl Morgan, the devil's going to try to kill you. This was one year before I had congestive heart failure and I went, and I went, Mary Fran, I just got back from the doctor. I'm fine. When she calls you out, pay attention. And I didn't take that very seriously either. I have learned to take when she says something very serious. And when Kenneth Copeland looks you in the eye, you take that real serious too. And I learned not to play. I always had a little, I'm not saying the devil's big, but he's a bigger foe than I ever thought he was. And he'll, and right now, you listen to me. All the junk you're going through, every time you try to pray, the phone rings, and every time you wake up late and didn't read your Bible, and, and then Sunday morning you had something else to call you and you missed church, listen, you dumb thing. Quit listening to the devil. Because he's whipping your, the mud out of you right now. Are you out there and you go home? Your adversary, the devil, roams around looking for someone to destroy. Well, he can't destroy everybody. You wake up in the morning and you go, you know why God filled you with a hook? He didn't ask you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. He commanded you to be. You know, poor God, if he wasn't so stupid, didn't know we didn't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Is he stupid? He's not stupid. He told you to build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost because he thought you needed to build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. And if he thought you needed to be built up and praying in the Holy Ghost, you ought to think you need to get built up praying pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, you say, but I don't believe that. Well, you're bound up by the devil then. And the devil lied to you and you ran off with it. Are you out there? You go home. God ain't dumb. Told you to get your, the word of God out and learn the word and Resist the devil and he'll flee. He ain't leaving you alone if you don't openly open your mouth and go, I said shut up and I bind you in Jesus' name. You get off me, you get out of my mind, get out of my mind. You've, have you ever had the devil mess with your head? Have, Robert, you and me the only one in here, me, you and Kenny Robinson, only one in here ever had the devil mess with my head. I've had to stop before and go, shut up and get out of my head. You are not, I am not taking your thoughts. And you get a bomb and I tell you, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, you foul devil from hell. I bind you. I worked for a boss one time. He was a carnal Christian. Y'all ever work for people who are Christians and they're carnal? This man had a temper. He was always throwing fits. 
One day he's over there throwing a fit, and I'm standing there listening to him throw a fit, and I said, I bind you in Jesus' name. And he stopped. He went, I don't even know what was wrong. He just walked off, and I went, God Almighty, that worked. When you just see the power of God hit somebody and they just shut up. Amen. Some of y'all need to look at your spouse and go, I burn them, them, hell, shut up, come out of them. I was riding down the road one time and it, I, I rode past this car. And I'm over there praying the Spirit. My windows are up, their windows are up. The person looked at me and went, I said, I bind you in Jesus' name, you foul devil from hell. Come out. You think, you think that devil didn't? I wasn't talking to that woman. I'm talking to the devil in that woman. Yeah. I've walked into, into buildings before and got the heebie-jeebies. Y'all ever just walk in and go, hey, there's something wrong in here. In the name, I bind you from operating in this building. In Jesus' name, you're not operating against me while I'm in here. And I own this building starting right now until I leave. And people go, and everybody gets happy. You can go back to being mean after I'm gone. <laughs> I got one for you. Get your hand off my money in the name of you. Who you told? You foul devil, get your hand off my job. Get, how many of y'all have got a boss that's just mean? Well, you need to start taking authority over the devil driving them until they like you. My boss was mean. I got her born again. Started going to church. That stopped mean. I'm like, okay. All right, are we going to get here? Y'all ready? Above, above, okay. Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. If you don't know you're the righteousness of God in Christ, he will whip you, he will whip you, he will whip you. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Above all, take the shield of faith. That's why we preach on faith all the time. Because if you don't know nothing about the shield of faith, then you have no way to stop his his bad darts that he throws at you. And fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation, which means that one day you're going to die and go to heaven. Glory to God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which means you need to put the word in your mouth. Pray in all ways with all prayer and supplication. In what? In what? In what? In what? In the spirit. You going to deal with the devil? Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Brother, Mark Hankins told Justin, he said, you know what your problem is, son? You don't pray in tongues enough. Now, Justin had been to church all his life and didn't, could care less about church or ministry. See, you'll never know the will of God until you spend time praying in the Spirit and pray it out. In you are mysteries, and you have to pray them out of your spirit into the world around you. You have to pray them out. Well, Justin said, well, told God, I think, t tell me, Justin, if I'm, you said, I'll give you a month, 30 days. And Justin went home. How many hours a day did you start praying? 30 minutes to an hour a day. Two to three hours. Well, at the end of 30 days, Justin was on fire for God. 
It's amazing what will happen to your spirit, man, when you hook it up to God and go, I think it's time to supercharge this thing inside. Lord, of God, Jesus is Lord. All right. All right. Are you all ready? I'm, I'm, oh, my God. That, that clock is a lying devil. All right. Okay. I think I'm about done anyway. No, I'm not. I got to do something. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. I got to do this one thing before I go. Now listen to what I'm fixing to say. This, this is the Mac Daddy scripture for the whole night. Let's, let's start with verse 115. Therefore, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light, that you would know the hope that he called you, the riches of the glory of the inheritance saints, and the exceeding greatness of his power toward you who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above principality. Now, right there, you're going to read that God raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heaven. You go, well, we knew that. Then you go to chapter 2, verse 1. Now, understand something. I don't have any idea why any normal human being would take a passage of Scripture in the middle of a thought and start a chapter with it. I'm, uh, one day I'm going to ask God, what dummy put the numbers in our Bible? So it says in chapter 2, verse 1, and you italics made alive. The reason they did that is there is no verb that controls the sentence. The verb that controls this is in the former chapter. Anybody in English understood what I just said? Okay. So here is what it says. Remember the and you. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, who according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him and you from the dead. And he set him and you at the right hand of God. He's talking about the fact that the authority that Jesus has in the earth today, he has delegated all of that authority to his body, the church. All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me, go ye therefore. So who else is seated in a seat of authority at the right hand of God? You are, and I am. You don't need to get up from the seat and whip the devil. He's whipped. But you need to take the seat and the seat is a position of authority and God is waiting to hear what you have to say about what's happening around you and your house. Amen. That is powerful. That is what the prayers in Ephesians are attempting to do is to get you to a revelation of who you are and what you have. Paul walked in it. When you get stoned to death and you get up and go back in the city the next day, that's, that's something's going on. When you get snake bit and you get up and throw it in the fire and go on and preach, something's going on here, baby. When your shadow's healing people, there's something going on here, baby. 
We have tried to do church without the name of Jesus and the authority. Listen, understand this. The devil is a foe only if you allow it. So Jesus said, whatever you allow must be what's allowed in heaven. Whatever you forbid must be, I'm giving you the keys. So who has the keys? The church has the keys. Whoa, that's, I'm, 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 I'm four minutes over. Are y'all out there? You know, when you get up on a mountain and you find out that Lisa's brother got, had a wreck on a motorcycle and when Justin went up there, he flipped a motorcycle and I went up there and I flipped a motorcycle and I said, you know what, you foul devil in hell, let me just tell you something. Your days are trying to kill people on motorcycles on this mountain over and not starting right this minute, Jesus. Now. You know, and then when I get around family members up there, God used to be in, filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues and they no longer believe it. I walked away and, and Lisa and I, we've walked away from people Good, good people that love the Lord. Dumb, dumb, dumb people. Dumb people. And then we, we have dinner with them and we go, oh, Lisa, let's, we get in the truck, let's have a prayer meeting. And we're going to change some things on this mountain in Jesus' name. In a way, you a foul devil, you want to mess up his family. You, and they're not binding the devil. They don't even believe in binding the devil. Well, I do. Well, we, went a, we went in a home meeting up there one day. Oh, it was a mess. And her and I got in the truck and said, we bind that home meeting, command it to dry up and die in Jesus' name and get these kids out of this house and get them into church. Amen. Within a couple of months, the home meeting busted and all the kids are in church. Jesus' name. You know why God puts you in places where you see all kind of stupid stuff? So that you'll do something about it. And allow this to go on. There's nothing going on here in Jesus' name. And then every time we get, a, we try to go on vacation, all, all we do is have prayer meetings. <laughs> if you come to my house when you leave, we're probably having a prayer meeting about you. It just <laughs> glory to God. Some of it's good. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? <laughs> I'm trying to close now. He gave you and I authority. Honey, ain't doing you any good if you don't use it. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to run around and become devil conscious. There is a God, and he's a good God. But I'm telling you, when you see something that isn't right, you, you have the right to pull it over and write a ticket. I don't ever want to see you driving through this town that fast again. I'll, I'll put you in jail. Now, here's the negative, if there is such a thing. If you're going to use your authority, you're, going, you, you, you're slapping a beehive. Don't play games with your Christianity and expect to. If you're going to, if you're going to resist the devil, go back and read, submit to God. Resist the devil. Stay seated. Don't do like I did and get in trouble when everything around me falling apart because I'm not dealing with the devil. I was mad at people, and I went, oh, it ain't the people. They're not there for me. I mean, this, this is the devil. How many of y'all, while I'm preaching, are going, I think it's time for me to deal with some devils? Just get in the habit that when you see something, just deal with it. 
Just stop right there and go, no. Quote the Word of God to it. Speak to it. Tell it, no, you ain't, you know, you're not having my day. No, you're not having my mind. You're not having my kids. No, you're not. You're not. You, you, I'm going to say something to some of you. We, we look up and see some of y'all been on vacation for three weeks. We pray over you. Satan, get off of them in Jesus' name. Get them the goofy thing. Get, oh, you got yourself an offended devil. Drive the devil off of you. And then you wake up one morning and go, I miss church. And we say, it's good to see you again, you goofy thing. Don't be listening to the devil anymore. I wished I had time tonight, but we spend too much time talking to our kids. They're born again. Just, just keep them, keep the atmosphere in your house clean. Keep, keep the pray over your kids. Believe God to believe the best of them, but don't neglect your prayer life over your family. You want to see things change? You, there's a lot of it's going to change when you hit your knees and you deal with it in the spirit. Wish I had time, but there's a book out. I don't know, remember the name of it. Barbara, Betty, you may remember it. The church, the, the Bible school in England that during the war with Hitler, they had all night prayer meetings. And, they, and Hitler kept running into roadblocks because the church wouldn't allow him to prosper. What was the name of that book? Reese Howells. That's where Reinhard Bonnke went to Reese Howells Bible School. I don't know whether you ever read the book or not. But let me tell you something. You, you can pray over Israel. You can change stuff. You can put the angels to work for the IDF right now when they go into those tunnels. Amen. I mean, they shoot one bullet and ten people die. It's amazing what God can do. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The IDF is not praying. They're not even born again. Most of them. Somebody's going to pray. Don't leave it all up to Billy Brim and Kenneth Copeland. People that are, the prayer warriors got this. No, you're a prayer warrior now. You got this. So I'm going to close with prayer. Father God, I took the time tonight. A subject we need to talk about more. We've got authority over all the work of the enemy, and we've allowed him too much rain. We've allowed him too much rain in our homes and our families and our kids and our grandchildren. But after tonight, thank you for the reminder. We have, a, we have a say-so in what's going on around us, and we're going to use the name of Jesus. We're going to use the Word of God, and we're going to make some changes in people around us. Now, we're not going to try to attack them or deal with them. We're just going to just get the devil off of them so they can hear from you and make right choices. And they don't understand why they're the way they are. They have no idea they're bound up. But we know why they're the way they are. And we pray that tonight, if any of the people in this room are bound up by the devil, that they understand they can resist the devil with their mouth and he will leave them alone. If you're dealing with the devil, just tell him, leave in Jesus' name. You get off of me. You get out of my life. Get out of my head. I plead the blood. Don't let him rule and reign in your heart and your life. And Father, I thank you for everything done in this place tonight. That we leave in this time of the year, this hallelujah time of the year. 
We're going to let the devil rule and reign this nation in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say, I got authority over all the work of the enemy. He doesn't rule me. Jesus' name. Y'all get out of here and have a good night. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.